0: Galatians 2, 11 through 21. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, Since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, Why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right right with God through faith in Christ and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I'm a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law... It condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die.
1: Amen. I have a question for you this evening. Would you say that you are enjoying life or you're enduring life? Would you say... That your life is an echo of the promises of Jesus? Or is it a reflection of the frustrations, the barrenness, and the failures of the world? Jesus said he came to bring life. He said that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, he said. And yet many of us still find ourselves merely enduring life instead of enjoying life. Why? That's the question that Paul answers for us this evening. Last week, we started a sermon series on Galatians, and we looked at what the gospel is. See, the gospel is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that invites everyone back into relationship with the Father. There's nothing that we can do to earn the love. There is nothing that we can do to earn the approval of God. You see, on the cross, Jesus has done all that needed to be done to pay our sin debt and allow relationship with God, our Heavenly Father, to be restored. We simply need to accept that gift of grace, that gift of mercy and love, and respond in gratitude But that's exactly where we get tripped up. We do things that by the world's standards are good things. And we follow these rules and we follow these traditions, thinking that we're still gaining God's favor with them, when really his favor is there regardless of our so-called good deeds, And yet we strive and we strive to be good and we strive to be Christ-like. See, Paul is writing to the Galatians to say, do you understand the power of the cross? Have you forgotten what Jesus has done for you? Stop trying to add to what Jesus did. Stop trying to imitate Christ." in your own power, because you can't do it. See, in our text tonight, Paul has just confronted Peter because Peter was trying to make the Gentiles follow the strict religious rules of Mosaic law. Peter was telling the Gentile believers that they were not right with God because they weren't circumcised. So, Paul's telling Peter in the Galatians, he says, How dare you make demands on the people to follow the law? How dare you? When Christ's death and resurrection has set us free from bondage to the law, we have to learn to live in the light of the cross, not merely as a result of it. See, the cross is not just a sign of our salvation. It's not just the way that Jesus died. It is the standard for how we're supposed to live. See, if we can just look at the cross and walk away only saying, Oh, look, look what Jesus did for me. Then we're only halfway to understanding the meaning of the cross. Because the true revelation of the cross in our lives should leave us crying out, Lord, take my life. Make it yours. It's not just, oh, look what Jesus did for me. Lord, what can I do for you in gratitude? That's what Paul's talking about when he says, when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Christian life is not about us striving to imitate Christ, but it's about Jesus living in us and wanting to live in us and through us. When we say that Jesus lives in us, we're not just saying, Oh, I think about Jesus all the time. We're not just saying, Oh, I'm trying to copy Jesus. No, when we say that Jesus lives in us, it should mean that Jesus is actually doing his work in us and through us to others. That's what Jesus living in us should mean. See, the Galatians had forgotten the power of Christ in their lives. We do that too. We forget the power of Jesus in our lives, and then we try to live life as good Christians in our own power, striving and striving, only to get frustrated and ultimately end up feeling defeated and deflated. That's hardly the life Jesus came to give us. Let's look at it this way. Now, I'm not an electrician, so bear with me here. I do know, though, that in my house there are two kinds of outlets, There's a 110, and there's a 220. Now, the 110 is for lamps, my TV, my hair dryer. But the 220 outlets are for things like my refrigerator, my stove, my washer, my dryer. Now, these larger appliances, they produce more energy, so they need more power. Now, in our homes, these outlets look different, so we can't accidentally plug the wrong item into the wrong outlet. But if we could, if we could plug our hairdryer into a 220 outlet, it would run on a supercharge for a few seconds, it would start smoking, and then it would just burn out. But on the other hand, if we could plug our 220-volt stove into a 110 outlet, we would only get a quarter of the power. The stove would be weak, and it would be underpowered. It would never cook our food. It would never do what it was designed to do. See, there's a spiritual parable here for us. As we try to live the Christian life by our own power, by our own strength, We will either end up like the burnt-out hairdryer or the underpowered stove. Operating in our own strength is only going to produce one of two results. We'll either surge ahead at frantic pace for a short burst and burn out, or we'll suffer from a lack of power, never achieving God's intended purpose for our lives. God has wired us for 2.20. Galatians 2.20. It says, but we must first die to self. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. See, when Paul confessed Jesus as Lord... When he agreed that Jesus had every right to tell him what to do, every right to tell him where to go, that is when Paul was crucified with Christ. Paul recognized that there was a difference between saying, Jesus died for me, and I died with Jesus. Paul's not talking about a physical death. He is talking about dying to self and dying to the power of sin in our lives. Paul wrote to the Colossians, he said this in chapter 3. He said, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You see, a dead man isn't interested in the things of this world. We could parade all kinds of temptations before a dead man. He won't be tempted in the least. Even though we still have our physical life, we're called to be dead to sin's power over us. We may still live in the world, but the world isn't supposed to live in us. Like a boat out in the water, boat doesn't sink in the water. But the minute the water gets in the boat, what's it going to do? It's going to sink. When the world comes into us, what's going to happen? We're going to sink. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he said, So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. We have been crucified with Christ. But we must renew our death certificate every day. Every day we must decide if we're willing to give up our will for God's. Every day we must decide to deny ourselves and follow Jesus. Every day we pull out a blank piece of paper and we say, Okay, God, whatever you will for me today, that's what's going to take place today. That's what Paul says. That's what he means when he says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The secret to living the Christian life in the power of 220 is dying to self. Because when we die to self, we exchange our weakness for the strength of God. But like the Galatians, we have an eye problem. Not in terms of our physical vision, but in terms of our ego. You know, Paul references himself six times in Galatians 2.20. He uses the words I, me, my to remind us of our egos because our egos always want control. What's the middle letter in the word sin? I. What's the middle letter in the word pride? I. What's the middle letter in the word guilt? I. See, the central problem with sin, pride, and guilt is I, me, myself, and I. I'm my own biggest problem. Because I'm always trying to climb back up on the throne in my heart. I'm trying to push Jesus out of the way. No, this is about me, Jesus. I want to do it my way. I can do it myself. Like a stubborn two-year-old. I sit there and say, No, I do it. I do it, Jesus. It's our eye problem. We must be vigilant. Dying to self every day. Surrender to Jesus is not a one-time thing. It's an everyday. Sometimes, for some of us, it may be an every-hour thing, every minute. There's lots of temptation out there. Our profession of faith should be, Christ lives in me. And because Christ in us, that changes everything. Paul called it the mystery of God. When he wrote to the Colossians, he said, To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you. Christ in you changes your life, Christ in you changes your nature. But there isn't room for you and Jesus to coexist. I have to die to self and let Jesus live out his will for me and through me. But we like to keep me alive and strong. We may approach our day saying, I'm going to do the very best I can for God today. Paul's saying, No, let the I die. Who can live the Christian life better, you or Jesus? Well, of course the answer is going to be Jesus. So why do we keep trying to do it in our own power and in our own strength? One pastor said it this way, On the day that we quit trying to live the Christian life, then we will finally give Jesus the freeway. To live out in us what is so easy and simple for him to do. Is live. When we die to self and allow Jesus to live through us, we're set free from a long list of do's and don'ts. The do's that we can't do on our own. And the don'ts that we always end up doing. We need to be honest. We are not very good at living the Christian life. Ourself is always battling for first place instead of putting Jesus there. Think of it this way. In in a believer's heart, there's a cross and there's a throne. When we leave Jesus on the cross claiming, Jesus died for me. Look, Jesus He died for me. We end up putting ourselves on the throne. And our eye problem continues. But when we put ourselves on the cross, say, I died with Jesus, then guess who gets the throne? Jesus. That's why Paul tells us we need to die to self. So Jesus can sit on the throne of our lives. When we decide to deny ourselves and commit to God's will, that's when we can exchange our weakness for his strength. That's when we'll exchange our ignorance for his wisdom. Exchange our prejudice for his love. Exchange our anger for his gentleness. Exchange our inability for his ability. Only then can we claim with conviction, as Paul said, I live by faith in the Son of God. That's dying to self. That's living the Christian life, letting Jesus do it through you. Because there's a big difference between a person trying to live a good Christian life and a person who has died to self and has surrendered to the goodness of Jesus. We don't have enough power to live a good moral life. We were wired for 220, but yet we keep plugging into the 110 outlets. We're using our own power. And then wonder why we get frustrated. Why is this so hard, Jesus? He says, because you're not letting me do it. You're trying to do it yourself. We need to plug into the 220 power source. That's Jesus Christ. Stop trying to take over. When we allow Jesus to live in us, when we allow him to work through us, he energizes his qualities in us. Paul understood that. He describes it this way. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard. Pay attention to this word. Depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. He knew he could do nothing on his own. He knew he didn't have the power, but he knew Jesus did. He understood very well his dependence on the power of Christ living in him. all understood what it meant for Jesus to be living in him and through him. Imagine this glove. Can't do much on its own. But let's just say I, glove, pick up this cup. Glove, pick it up. It's not going to do anything. When God tells us to do things, oh, Lord, I can't, I can't, but, but I'm trying my best. Isn't that all you ask for, Lord, is, is for me to do my best? Well, that's, that's okay, but you know what? I have a better plan for you. I have a better plan. You see, if you just let me come and live inside you, Think of the things you can do then. Picking up a cup, that's easy. But only if you let me live in you and through you. That's the difference. Otherwise, we're empty. We can't accomplish what he designed us to accomplish. Dying to self is the only way that we will live the abundant life. That Jesus promised us. You see, it's interesting that Paul finishes this 220 verse. He says, I will live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is pointing out that in the day-to-day activities of life, as he makes his choices and as he works He is remembering who he is in Christ. The one who loved him so much, he died for him. The Christian life can only be lived when we see ourselves completely loved and holy in Jesus. Only then will we want to die to self. Only then will we understand that we're wired for 220 Only then will we have the power to repent with joy. Only then will we conquer our fears. Only then will we obey the one who knows how to live and live through us. But we need to be honest. Dying to self is not painless. We don't like it. It sounds really good in a sermon, and it sounds really good on paper. But it isn't easy. But what Jesus did for us wasn't easy or painless either. I want to finish tonight with a poem called Dying to Self. The author is unknown. And I want to finish with it because it captures so well the transforming work that Jesus wants to do in us and what he can do in us when we allow him to sit on the throne of our hearts. When you are forgotten, neglected, or purposely set at naught and you don't sting or hurt with the oversight, but your heart is happy being counted worthy to suffer for Christ, that is dying to self. When your good is called evil, and when your wishes are crossed and your advice is disregarded, when your opinion is ridiculed and you refuse to let anger rise in your heart or even choose to defend yourself, but you take it all in patient and loving silence, that is dying to self when you lovingly and patiently bear any disorder, any irregularity, any annoyance, when you can stand face to face, face to face with waste, with folly, with extravagance, with insensibilities, and endure it just as Jesus did, that is dying to self. When you are content with any food, With any offering, with any raiment or any climate, any society, any solitude, any interruption by the will of God. That is dying to self. When you never care to refer to yourself in conversation, or record your own good works, or itch after recognition... When you can truly love being unknown, that is dying to self. When you can see your brother or sister prosper and have his or her needs met, and can honestly rejoice with him in spirit and feel no envy, nor question God while your own needs are far greater and not being met, that is dying to self, when you can receive correction and reproof from one of less stature than yourself, and you can humbly submit inwardly as well as outwardly with no resentment rising up in your heart, that is dying to self. You see, Jesus demonstrated for us the ultimate example of what dying to self looks like in a whole and holy way. Jesus lived from a base of love, from one of grace and truth, all while being accountable to the Father. It was his work on the cross that opened up our relationship with the Father and it's his power that we draw from in our day-to-day lives as we learn to die to self but we have to admit that we can't do it in our own power we don't have what it takes in ourselves to live the christian life we must be willing to allow the truth of galatians 2:20 to take hold so that the power of Christ can rule in us. Every one of us is wired for 220, but we keep settling for less. We need to declare boldly today and every day our feet hit the floor. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, help us to see Jesus in us. Lord, if we're settling for less than, if we're settling for our own power and not recognizing Jesus in us, reveal it to us, Father. Humble us. We can't grow until we look inside our hearts and find ourselves fighting for the throne with Jesus. Lord, help us tap into your power. Help us to put Jesus on the throne of our heart. Only then will we be transformed and live like Jesus. Lord, as we leave this way tonight, as we go our separate ways, Lord, may people see Jesus living in us. May they see love. May they see grace. May they see mercy. May they see you. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.